Hey there, it's Ali here. Thanks for checking in to create a thriving hypnotherapy business. This is the podcast that is most definitely for you if you're a new or established hypnotherapist who wants to flourish in practice and stay in business, but sometimes feels like you're losing your way a little bit. Um, as your wing woman, it is my job to show you a very truthful account of running a business so that you're never caught out and will always feel capable of managing those natural waves of being a business owner. It's neither pretty nor polished, but it is true. Don't expect it to go to plan. I don't think diary of a CEO, but with more chaos, more naps and easily distracted by the fact that my dog's clearly having a dream and also the other ones playing with their bed. Um, so, but I figure if I can do this, given well me and my trusty sidekick so can you um this is a community podcast so check out the facebook community if you haven't already it's a really lovely space it's a place you can go for support for solace and celebration with other hypnotherapists and therapists um it's welcoming and safe and encouraging for us all every morning too you'll see the monday morning call out and every sunday the end of the week celebrations um holding yourself gently to account and celebrating your wins helps move the needle week by week in the direction of your goals, your vision and dream hypnotherapy business. So next time you see it, and I'm talking to a couple of you now, join in and make a habit of choosing where you'll focus your attention each week. I look forward to seeing you get involved. Um, it's normal and to be expected to be a bit all over the place, which is why uh, my awesome co-host Katie and I are going to get into it with your questions. So you're not losing it, by the way. You are running a business and sometimes those things feel very similar. So, hey, Katie, good to see you again. Hello, aren't you? Nice to be back. <laughs> yeah, I like this. I like getting to catch up with you every couple of weeks, Katie. This is cool. Um, I can see me trying to keep you here for possibly longer than you would choose. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> What's new with you? What's going on? What's good? What's good? Um, I'm starting to get back into a little bit more of an exercise routine, which I've got out of the habit of doing in mm. busy times over the last couple of weeks. So I've done a spin class this morning, starting to get out doing a little bit more running. Wow. So just starting to build a little bit more routine back in. Yeah. yeah. And I've been shopping at the weekend, which is always good because I felt yeah. I was in time where it wasn't quite woolly jumper time but it wasn't short sleeve anymore so got yeah. some new, new bits nice yes uh you can't see it but katie's wearing a really nice top um i of course have decided it's definitely sweater weather so that's what i've got <laughs> um yeah awesome good stuff um yeah i'm actually loving the fact that we're going into sweater weather um it makes me really happy it's my favorite thing digging out all my jumpers and putting them on and just having fluffy socks and it's just basically being contained in fluff for the next few months which is amazing um right should we get on with it let's do this so uh first question is from becky cohen if you hear rustling it's because i'm printed it out because otherwise i wouldn't be able to see it um so becky said she qualified last june then she started she was working one day a week on her hypnotherapy business while still working her old job um she's since had a break to go on maternity leave she also mentioned, she said, I had a fair amount of clients free of charge while studying um, and remembered to hearing you say that 
that you really would recommend you Katie would recommend seeing as many free of free of charge clients while you're studying to get your name out there her question is though she was thinking of doing free of client free of charge that's really hard free of charge clients on her return to work to get more clients and referrals, would this be a benefit or would it weaken the business reputation? This is a really good question, Becky. I love it. What are your thoughts, Be- um, Katie? It is a good question. It's also a hard question um, because I've never been in that position. But I was thinking about this when I read it the first time. So, yes. Do always say like see as many free of charge clients as you can whilst you're studying. But if she, Becky, you've been doing it for eight months, have been seeing what I'm presuming is mainly full price paying clients. Oh, it's a tough one. I'm very much against once you're qualifying discounting therapy in any way because I think we we see like the difference in clients between the three and a half price clients to the full paying clients and in terms of Mm -hmm. commitment and also obviously when other people are paying for other people's sessions again there's a difference in commitment so I wouldn't want you to go back to doing free of charge and sort of undervaluing yourself because in those eight months you will have built up that good word of mouth and reputation Mm. what sprung into my head as a an idea is could you Becky potentially send an email out to all your past clients and contact details that you already have just saying hey I'm back from maternity leave um feel please feel free to sort of pass on my details and maybe offer like past clients a small percentage of a top-up session or something like that so you're not Mm. completely going back to doing like free of charge and undervaluing your services but just kind of putting the feelers out there and a little bit of an incentive Mm. yeah yeah it's it's a good point isn't it you spend all that time kind of building yourself up to get to your full price and then to it's almost like a little bit of a it is a uh, could be a backward step I think it's always like if you ever do anything know why you're doing it not just because you don't feel confident it's always that if there's a reason for it and it's a good reason then basically do what you like it's your business but it's having that good reason um I think one of the things that I always think is um it's if you and it's literally and that's I was taught this by someone who does a lot you know who did a lot of sales was have a reason we're giving a discount because so you could have like a a welcome back you know I'm I'm doing this you know I I quite like the ones that say I'm giving a discount today on a session because it's my birthday or just some lovely random reason but to you know I've been away for eight months um I'm back check it out so for the i might do it as a little hello back or just but just for things like a maybe like a relaxation session or something like that so i think there's lots of things you can do it's just being mindful that you're not obliged to do that mm-hmm. um and actually getting your name out there for the people who don't know you've been off they don't know you've been off yeah that's very true yeah 
So, you know, so they're new people. So maybe they can just, they're just your next lot of people that you're talking to. Love that idea about going back to the people you've worked with already and maybe offering them something nice. Um, yeah, nice, good stuff. Cool, cool. So, um, Lisa, this is a, I love this question from Lisa and I am going to read it. Lisa Blakemuir asks, I'm going to ask you exactly how you asked it, Lisa. I'd like to ask about happy ending, please, Ali, exclamation mark. I've had a few times where clients have finished therapy, but we've not had that celebratory last session. It's been a little bit more hesitant. So she'd like to talk about good ways of ending therapy. So here is a good little delineator particularly for this podcast um is that on this podcast we can't talk about the supervision aspects because it's something to discuss with supervisor or peer group um so i will only be answering this and um i know katie will because she's with me on this one about ending therapy well as a part of your business so we can talk about that bit but we wouldn't talk about the supervision bit um so, yeah, and mine is always, you know, ending therapy is that really nice kind of, it's the full stop on it. And it's like, how do we use that natural desire to kind of complete the circle of therapy to, um, for um, an opportunity in our businesses? Because uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We have changed somebody's life. If we've changed somebody's life, why why not kind of be part of that celebration? Because that celebration is going to help somebody else later on. So it's not it's not just for us, but I don't think there's anything wrong with us capitalizing on that opportunity. So what do you do to for your business? Because I'm and yeah, talk, Katie. You talk to what I've just said. I'm so, so erudite today. <laughs> finding this one difficult to, like, as we said, avoid saying anything about supervision. But in terms of business, what I will always do if I have had a client finish or, yeah, one that I've known that has done well with sessions. And even actually, if that client has done really well with sessions and is still seeing me on a monthly basis I will ask them if they would be happy to do a testimonial normally if it's a finish finish I will send an email like a day or so later just saying well done for all your hard work thank you for letting me be a part of your journey if you would be happy to write a testimonial then it would be much appreciated blah 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 I pop two links in, so I pop a link for Google reviews and Facebook. But I do also make a point of saying, if you would prefer it to be anonymous, then replying to this email or sending me a text message is also fine. Yeah. Just following up in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, that's pretty much the same thing, actually. It's just in session you know, it's about, you know, and I try and make sure that I know which session is the last session so that we can kind of create that buzz around it. So I think it's about, um, I know we're like not talking about supervision, but I'm talking about kind of like the business aspect of it is like know when the last session is. So, and, and know it as you start that last session, because then you can kind of mold the session towards what's both good for the person and good for that kind of creating a raving fan 
which is obviously what we want. Um, so at the end of it, I would always pitch it as I'm going to send you, um, obviously there's a couple of things. You can just write me a review, but these are some questions you might like to think about because it gives you an opportunity to think about what, um, what therapies meant for you. So they can be helpful if you want to look at those. Um, and the other thing I've started doing is Google have these loads of really cool apps. And one of them is Google, I think it's Google Forms. And you can make a little questionnaire, a little branded questionnaire on there, and they can fill that in. So they that's the one where you can ask some very specific questions. So where were you at the start of therapy? What's kind of brought you to therapy? What was the experience of it? And what's gonna what are you gonna do now? And what would you say to somebody else? So you kind of ask it as questions. Um, and that allows somebody to take that moment to reflect on what they've got out of it. It also produces a very nice testimonial at the end of it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the other thing that I do is that because I found that Google forms, only bad thing about that is I haven't worked out how to make it tell me when somebody's filled it in. So yeah, haven't figured that one out yet. <laughs> so it's just like, I did leave your review. Did you? Oh, wow. Thank you. So I'm training myself to check. <laughs> um, but yeah, but that's that's the downside of that. But otherwise, that was actually really cool. Um, I think in yeah, in terms of kind of like happy endings for therapy, it's just what's going to put the full stop that's also going to benefit you. And I guess that's what we've done. It's all it is asking for a testimonial because it makes somebody think. I guess as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's nothing it. else to add on that one me no nope. that's all we've got to say about that yeah again <laughs> if, hopefully this isn't venturing too much into supervision but i do think that people find it difficult to say when they're ready to stop i think people are sometimes scared that even when they're ready that they'll be sort of like offending us by not keeping going and that sort of thing so i do still think there is a that is a bit of a, a thing in terms of why people don't say, right, yeah, I'm completely ready. Like they may cancel a session and then, you know, not come back towards the end of finishing because they feel ready but don't want to say. But perhaps I've gone a little bit over the business bit there. It's a tricky oh, one. We are we are right on the line there. Right on the <laughs> Sorry. line. Yes. No, it's all right. No, I love it. Stop talking. The excitement. <laughs> it's It's great. I like it. I like I like a bit of risk. So yeah. Right. Katie, your turn. <laughs> okay. Graham Graham Smith asks, how important is it to specialize within the field? If so, what do you see as the best way to identify and target your specific audience? This is something I took a while to latch onto. This is also something that I took a while to latch onto as well, Graham. And controversial opinion how important is it to specialize I don't think that it's that important I think when you say that it took a while to latch on to I think that's because it does just take time to work out who you really do enjoy working with the most and I think it's that word of mouth that once you start to find people who you do really enjoy working with and it does go really well. Those sorts of people will recommend you to people in similar situations. So I think finding a niche, niche as such 
just breeds over time. I think it would only be for me within the last year or so that I've only really sort of and I still I still I think I mentioned this last time actually I still don't really niche niche but I talk more specifically now about kind of like overwhelmed burnt out women but that is only purely because that's the majority of people that I've seen more of coming into my practice but I didn't ever set out to be like yeah I want to niche with this type of person I started off like wanting to work with everybody and then it's just sort of narrowed down and and gone from there yeah yeah I I mean um, sorry carry on Katie no no, sorry go on I was just gonna say I don't think it is that important especially when you're first starting out like I think a lot of people get caught up quite early on with oh my god I must niche I must find a niche but Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think it's impossible. And unless you already know, almost like when you start training and that desire is still there at the end. So when um, it's really lovely. So Sean Noon, who teaches at 11 billion CPHT schools, she's got this really amazing business. There. They're called the Youth Fairy. So people decide they want to be a youth fairy because she works with children and then they go train if they haven't already. So you can be, you already know when you walk into the room on your first day of training that you're going to be a youth fairy, who, by the way, she refers to as the fairies, which I think is freaking adorable. (laughs) Um, So unless it's something like that where you already know, I think it's really difficult. I'm a non-specializer as well. Um, I always joke that mine is like a, it's an anti-niche so it's more about who I won't work with, which, by the way, it's children. Um, so children and teenagers, not interested. Um, but other than that, and I don't do any kind of specialist stuff like um, pregnancy and childbirth, any of that kind of hypnobirthing, don't do that. Love to do kind of past trauma and things like that. I've got things I love to do, but as for niche, I don't. I think I'd just be bored. I think that's the joy of what we do. Yeah, absolutely. That it is, you can really enjoy seeing lots of people. And I think you can still, um, I don't think you need to specialise to be successful because that's the myth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, I think there's a lot of hype around, especially from like marketing and that sort of thing, like niche, narrow down, that you have to do this, you have to find this and honestly I didn't do any of that and I haven't done any of that like it's only been over the last year or so that I probably have narrowed down a little bit but only only very very slightly more so than Mm. I was before yeah 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 they're right it's definitely like the the thrill of it is not knowing who's going to walk through your door what issue what background like yeah definitely Mm. Yeah. And I think business wise, you can still sell to it because mm. you've still got an opportunity to do, you know, are you geographical? That in and of itself is an automatic niche. If you work online, um, you might need to think about the types of things. So you might blog a little bit more. So you, there's nothing to say you can't. Great. Good for you. But there's nothing to say you have to. That's like saying to a GP that they have to specialise. It's like they are by very nature a general practitioner. That's what lights them up. I think if it lights you up to see a variety, 
stay lit. Don't worry about it. Um, you can still market just as well um, without having to niche. So, yeah, that's it. So, uh, what have we got here? Catherine Gardner, she slid in right at the end um, in the Facebook group, actually. So there's a lovely face, there's a chat that goes along with the group, but she slid, I popped it in the Facebook group as well. I was like, last questions. So we've got a couple of last minuteers. Thank you, guys. Um, and um, your first one, Catherine, you're not getting it. Client generation full stop does not get you an answer for the <laughs> podcast because that's the whole of the podcast. Um, so, but getting articles published, has anyone had any success? I mean, I have done it in the past. Um, I've got stuff in a local um, it was a it was the Kent Women in Business magazine. I was just actually clearing out this week. Loads. I was like, I need to clear out. And I was like, oh, my God, look at these articles because they're, they're all my old headshots. And it's like, oh, look, it's middle-aged mum alley headshot. That's what we call it in our house. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so there's all these like old articles that I've written. Um, and that's because I knew them. And they said, do you want to write for us? And I said, yes, please. So I just kind of cozied up with them. That's one thing to do is just get to know people, um, get in touch. You probably aren't going to get paid. I know you can, but that's a pretty unusual gig to get paid, but you still do get profile. So there's another, so I know people who've written for our um, association magazines so they've done that got a few people who've done that um and then if there are any kind of local smaller magazines that might really appreciate some interesting content that's where you can be pretty cool so yeah have you got yeah katie we were chatting about this you said you hadn't really kind of ventured into that is it something you'd want to do i think you'd be brilliant at it Oh, thank you. Um, no, I've not ventured into it. <laughs> at this point, probably not something I'd want to do at, <laughs> at this point right now. Um, I'm only laughing everybody else because, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm juggling quite a lot at the moment. But not to say that I wouldn't ever do it at any point. I suppose, Catherine, it's thinking about what you actually want to get out of it, isn't it? I, I presume it's, it's putting your name out there and getting... Mm clients from it ultimately so i suppose it's then looking at actually like ali's already said the connections that you've got and where those people are most likely to be there wasn't i swear it was like last week there was an email that went out from nch actually saying that they were wanting people to contribute to the whatever the journal magazine is called can't remember what it's mm. called now but i think that yeah. went out last week they yeah they do often yeah want people and yeah, there's always loads of stuff in local magazines and things. Um, I'm not ever sure how well they go down. Like for me personally, when I get one, I just put it straight in the recycling bin. But it depends on your location, I suppose, with those. Yeah. But no, I don't really have any um, ideas for articles. Not something I have looked into before. Mm. I think there's opportunities. I think also because a lot of papers have an online version so and it's often really easy to get into that but 
the thing to look for is the press releases because a lot of the hypnotherapy associations will have press releases on them. So like a, you know, how it's, how to put it together. Um, You can go into Facebook groups. So you can be for press releases in local papers and things like that. So that if there's an article somebody's looking for, or they're looking for a a pundit or something like that, you could be that person. Um, And the other thing to do is to Google how to write a press release, because the other thing you should know about local papers is that they like really, you know, having content that's ready done for them is really helpful. So if you've got a cool story or if there's like a nice little thing like this time of year, talk about phobias, you know, we talk, you know, it's it's such an easy thing or in summer, talk about flying phobias. I'm not going to say what the phobia we talk about in September and October is because if you've got it, you already know. Um, so, um, but you can talk about those different things in January. You could do an article about blue Blue Monday or all of the things that we would blog about could just as easily be pitched at a local newspaper or, you know, either on or offline or both to go into that. And then also once people start knowing you, that's when it gets really easy because they go, oh, they know about this. So putting in your info about these are the, these are the things that I can talk about. So that might be another way of doing it. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I love it as an idea. Again, it might not generate clients directly from it, but the more local, I think the more likely it is. So if yeah. there's something that sits on your table, because it is a useful magazine, getting a bit of editorial in there could be really helpful. I don't know if you mentioned this like, a few minutes ago, but like, if you're in networking groups as well, they often have like, newsletters that you mm. can contribute to. And from what I know of Catherine, I think you are in networking groups. So if you haven't ventured into that already, then like putting something in their newsletters because they tend to go out again locally, but also on a national basis mm. too. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's, yeah, sometimes it is publications. It's like thinking about it in the broader terms of it as well, not just the, you know, physical print media, but also the digital media, because so many places would go digital now. Nice. Yeah, and it's coming up to Christmas. So, like, Christmas stress is a good one <laughs> for articles, for Christmassy type magazines. People are looking in more of these types of magazines in the lead up to Christmas because of like events and things going on so now Mm. could potentially be a good time to yeah yeah and it is it's just thinking when do i it's a great way of thinking what do i read when do i read it why do i read it why would somebody else want to what would they be looking for so yeah and actually getting into other people's newsletters might be fun so if you are networking say you know you've got somebody who's in the travel industry and they're are a really good, you know, they're in your network, so you know them and you know they do a newsletter. So if you ever want a guest guest article that's going to kind of be a little bit of a change up, I'd happy to write something. That could be cute as well. Yeah, lots of ways to play. Um, I've got something, Katie, I'm going to ask. This is Katie's question. This is what Katie wants to get into today. Um, I'm going to ask it just like I do your questions, exactly how she asked it to me. How often 
Is it acceptable to put your prices up? I think this is such a good question. It makes me so happy. Um, we all know you want to ask it, but you're too frightened to. So Katie's asked it for you. You're welcome, everyone. Why are you asking, Katie? Because, so I recently put my prices up, I think, I want to say like mid-August. And that had been, hadn't put my prices up before that for probably about nine months, a year. and. I don't know. I feel like I want to again. I think partly because I'm taking on other things and reducing my client number slightly that I actually think oh, if I'm seeing less clients, they actually want to charge a little bit more. But then I'm like, well, I only did it a few months ago. Is it acceptable to do that? Like, yeah, I don't know how to navigate it. So I think there's the thing we need to remember that most of our clients go away they don't come back so they won't know um which i really like so if it's that you have to do it by increments you just have to remember who's being charged what yeah yeah (laughs) that's actually the hardest part of that because everyone else doesn't know they literally don't know do they so and sometimes when you put it up, I mean, I know I've put mine up and they were different in Kent and I played with two or three different prices up here. And I've got to something now where I'm like, I, re- I really like this. This feels nice yeah. for me now. This works for what I'm doing. So I really like the way you think about it. It's like, what do I need out of it? I always think that's the first question. What do you need? And then how do you market? So, yeah, for me, pricing has been one of the hardest things with business I find it so so hard to put my prices up massive mental blocks of it from the start um yeah and I've only ever gone in five pound increments and I know that five pound is nothing and people like you say people don't know if they're only coming across you for the first time like it is what it is so it's just overcoming that block bit by bit and as it's that's that price that like starts to feel more comfortable you're like oh actually if I say it at five pound more it doesn't sound that bad if I've not seen a difference putting it up by this much is it going to make a difference this much yeah yeah it's a tricky tricky concept it is and I think it is it's like it's something that most I'm not going to say all but most of us kind of have the ick about because then it's like if I put them up will I now be pricing myself out of the market yeah do you know what you're just gonna have to get used to that feeling of ick is and just practice saying it because the price you used to pay used to charge you didn't even think about it so it's getting that new price at a level that you can say it in the same way because as soon as you do, people are just going to say, okay, that's fine, you know? So, yeah, I think it is. My other one, when's it acceptable? My other rule of thumb for people is like, you know, particularly when you qualify, you go, I'm going to do this because I want to get lots of volume and I totally get that and you want to build up your confidence and all of that stuff. And it's like when it starts to annoy you, that is a really good time to put your prices up. By the way, she's really snoring. So if you can hear that, that is the dog. Six and a half kilos. Can't hear. I can. She's loud. I can hear her through my headphones. Um, yeah. So it's that whole thing of 
it's if it's starting to tick you off a little bit and go, can't believe I did this. So and then also work out where does it fit. So I always start with what I want and then work it backwards. And somewhere in the middle of there is going to be a number that is acceptable for everyone. And know that the other thing is like as soon as you charge anything, it's too expensive for somebody. So it is almost irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't see a problem with doing it like every few months then. Well, look, no, because you would you charge the same for the people that you've got if they're already with you? Yeah, so it would only be for brand new clients, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, true. Yeah, I pretty much do that. For, if somebody can remember how much they paid and tell me, I don't care how old it is. So there are if people who there are a couple of people who might possibly occasionally come back and they still ch- get charged the same amount that they got charged about nine and ten years ago, and I'm just like, I don't mind. It's just nice to see them, so I don't really care. But everyone else, you know, is whatever price is it is at yeah. the moment. So yeah, no, especially if you're only going up in five pound increments, you're just. You're, you're, it's for you, not for them. You're easing yourself up at, at your tolerable level. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Cool, cool. Okay. So last question, I think, is Adam Fraser. So apologies if this has already been asked, but I don't think it has. But what partnerships have been the most fruitful in terms of finding clients when delivering some sort of input? I've heard Katie mention the rehab input she does, but I was wondering what other professionals or organisations, clubs, etc. you have successfully engaged and cooperated with to put on events. Do you want to go first? Well, talk talk to us about that the rehab. So yeah, it's a um. So the main link that I have is a. It's basically like a sports physio, wellness rehab center, Mm. and it just came from networking when I first started out that I did a talk for the employees, and then the owner herself actually started referring people to me and it's just gone from there really in terms of me doing talks etc for them so I think anybody in any sort of wellness industry is always really good to have links with so other ones that have been successful for me are Pilates and yoga instructors so doing teaming up with them and doing like a sort of wellness morning slash day combining the yoga pilates with like a guided relaxation and a talk i've done that um fitness professionals so again they've got in touch or via networking or whatever to team up and offer something for their members like lots of fitness professionals like pts and things tend to have like fitness groups as well in um like facebook groups stuff like that where they're often wanting people to speak about the mental side of things just trying to have a think 
I have a connection with a charity as well. So I do some work for a local cancer charity where they refer clients to me. But in return, I run like workshops for them for their like retreat days as well. So Mm. those are the ones that I have explored, I think, off the top of my head. Mm. Yeah. What about you? I think for me, it is those it is the people that are seeing our clients, but they might be seeing them from a different angle. Yeah. So I would say the four, particularly in Kent, where I'd known them for a, a long time, were my osteopath, my PT, my hairdresser, and my beauty therapist. They were the best referrers ever. You know, they were they were so good. Um, and also anyone in the same um, because I worked in a shared uh, clinic, so we would ref- cross refer to each other. So those really obvious cross referrals. Um, and in terms of putting on events, exactly like you, yoga instructors going into a yoga day or a coach. Sometimes I've done some really nice stuff with somebody who is a coach for women, and I went to their retreat. And I was their kind of like little pet hypnotherapist for the weekend, which was really cute. Um, did them guided relaxations and things like that and gave a talk. And so there's, there's all sorts of fun ways that you can do it. The way there's a couple of people I know who, so I don't know if she still does it, but Caroline Prout of Inspired to Change used to do a really nice event and Nicole, Paul Woodcock does the Born Wellbeing event. So they she's they get together with l- other wellbeing professionals and they put on a really lovely day event. I want to do something like that here in Hinstock. I think it would be so cute um, and a really nice way of getting everything, you know, getting lots of people in the room to see local businesses um, who are really nice and fun and good at what they do and also kind of a nicely connected with me I've got kind of have this idea in my head but it's just a not not for now you know when we're ready we'll do that but it's not now so that's an idea I think it, that can work really really nicely where you kind of have all you so you go out to your own places and you bring in your clients into that room and say look we've got all these cool things happening so you're all going out to your lists together if that makes sense um and then you've got a larger base so you can start that cross referral um but those those would be the people that um the great partnerships um and we've got to have a little nod to going networking because those are the partnerships, you know, those not just I turned up at a networking event networking, but one where it is people who you would go out for a cuppa and maybe even a beer or a curry with level networks. That's what I mean by the proper ones, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think those people can be amazing because they get to know you. And that's why that personal interaction is so important, don't you think? Yeah. And also people who you've already got links with. So for me, it was schools and teachers so in the very first talk that I ever did was going into my old school staff for staff I should add not for children and um yeah like then that going from there and then I'm talking about it referring me to other schools for talks and sort of teacher client base coming from there so looking at the links that you already have as well 
it's probably like one of the easiest places to start. I want mm. to say that Adam has told me that he's in the police. I may have completely made that up and it's someone else. But if that is the case, Adam, then like looking at the links that you've already got there to get in and do like some sort of talk about stress within that. And that's already you networking in a different way with current mm. links building that. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So good luck. Keep us posted on that one. Interested to find out that. Um, so that is us done. We've run out of questions for today. So if you have a question that you forgot to ask, just throw it somewhere where we can see it and we will answer it on the podcast. Okay. So thank you very much for hanging out today. I hope you feel that this has been time well spent. Um, if you're not already a member, do join the Thriving Hypnotherapy Business Facebook community. And if you are a member, get involved because we all know our favorite groups are the ones with the most interaction. So, and it also would be super kind of you to review and follow the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Audible or wherever you get your podcasts if you really liked it. If you didn't vibe with it, don't worry about it, it's fine. Um, another great way to support the podcast is to share it with your colleagues and in your professional communities. Katie and I will see you on the next Q&A episode in a couple of weeks. And for now, it is time for us to go. So thanks, Katie. It's been good to hang out with you again today. It's always fun. Thanks for having me. I love it. Can't wait for it. <laughs> I know. Good. Good. So last, last thing for me is as a hypnotherapist, you know you need to look after lots of aspects of your business and one of those is supervision. Um, I'm a level five hypnotherapy supervisor. So if you're in the UK and you're looking for solution focused hypnotherapy, uh, supervision rather, get in touch to find out more. And otherwise, I will see you next time on Create a Thriving Hypnotherapy Business. Stay awesome and let's go change the world. Bye.